Friday afternoon. It's time to start the weekend. It's time to start decking the halls. It is time for the Friday afternoon high school coaches show on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Not only is it Friday, it is the Friday before we celebrate Christmas. Get a couple of days off, hopefully early next week. I'll be heading on a flight back to Iowa, see some family for the holidays. Glad that you're with us here on this Friday afternoon as we take a look inside high school athletics in Marquette County. You'll be hearing from several coaches, basketball with a little bit of bowling sprinkled in there. All that is coming up throughout the next hour. And again, in case you miss any part of our show, you can hear it on demand with our free mobile app. Be sure to get it for your Android, your iPhone, at the Apple iStore or Google Play, wherever you get your apps from. Be sure to do it. You can hear live broadcast with it. You can hear the Sports Pen, both on demand and live. You can hear nationally syndicated broadcasts from ESPN Radio, including bowl games. Great time of the year for that. College football bowl games are on. Going to be hearing a lot of those here on ESPN-UP. Hope you'll be spending the holidays with your family, your loved ones, what have you. Hope that you're going to have a great holiday. Hope that you're excited for it. We have got... Kirk Corcoran, head girls basketball coach at Westwood on headset with us to start things off. Let's not waste any more time. Coach, your team gets the win over Gladstone on Tuesday. You moved to 6-0. Great way to start the season. Maybe a little bit more of a slow start against the Braves than you would have liked. But nonetheless, your team comes alive, plays strong, especially in the final three quarters, and you get the job done. Yeah, it was, you know, credit Gladstone. Uh, I thought they... They intimidated us a little bit with their size inside, um, and, and when you got a girl like Megan Kroll at six three with a, a huge wingspan, um, every any time we were in the lane, she was she was there, uh, just uh, intimidating us. So, you know whether it was whether it was that or just a lack of focus, um, I'm not sure. But we started the game off with just far too many turnovers, unforced turnovers, uh, and we're, we're better than that. But that's, that's actually been one of our struggles this year is turning the ball over uh, with unforced turnovers, bad passes. And it's one thing that we're um, very vocal about in practice every day. And, and I was pretty vocal. My wife could even said she could hear me on the radio. And I thought, <laughs> oh, because you guys were across the gym from me. So slow start for sure. Um, you know, we've been fortunate this year, uh, Maddie, whether it be Maddie or Jillian or Tessa, somebody's always got us off to a hot start. And uh, this was, but it was good to face a little bit of adversity. Um, you don't want to win every game by by twenty, thirty points in a blowout. This is we 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 had to face face some some early adversity, and um, we kind of puckered up a little bit and took some timeouts to talk about what we're doing. And um, the girls responded, which is what you like to see. And uh, we righted righted the ship by the second quarter. Um, and and not that we never looked back it was it was competitive the whole game but it was just nice to be able to stretch that lead little by little um as you would expect an experienced team to do well coach you told me before the game your goal was to keep the ball out of megan crow's hands as much as possible you've been going to a full court press a little more as of late but on tuesday night you did it earlier than normal is that a situation where you were trying to keep the ball out of Megan Crow's hands by forcing turnovers, or did you see something out of their guards that made you think that you can turn some bad passes into points? No, uh, Tanner, I'll be I'll be brutally honest. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be this honest, as I know all the other coaches are listening. We 
that was a little bit of panic out of, out of our part, out of the players' part. That was that was not a directive by me to put on that full court press. Um, it was, I think, Maddie and Tessa getting frustrated that we we couldn't get any easy buckets, and so they wanted to create some easy buckets for themselves, putting some full court pressure on. And um, you know, I'm I'm giving them a little bit more freedom this year, knowing uh, that how smart. Uh, they have real high basketball IQs and they've been playing this game long enough where they don't need me to control every single thing that they do out there. So, um, you know, I, it's the only thing I'm going to holler is, you know, just don't make it easy. Don't make it easy on them. Um, not necessarily, that didn't necessarily mean a full court press, but that's kind of what they translated it as. And, um, we, it cost them a couple of turnovers, but I'll tell you what, I don't think it, I don't think we netted anything off of that because we gave up a couple of fast break points at the same time. So, um, I honestly, I think that was a little bit more out of a panic because we hadn't been in that position yet this year where we were down and had to fight back. Um, so that's, I think that's really all that that was. Coach, but, uh, I think, but, keep, but as you were saying, keeping the ball out of Megan Crow's hands, the girls did do in a half court set. Um, that was a complete team effort. Uh, Megan, Megan towers over us, especially when he, she reaches her long arms up in the air. Um, and that was a, the girls were talking, communicating really well. Um, and, and I think we were able to frustrate Megan a little bit. Earlier this season, you said that your juniors were going to be the big dogs this season. Maddie, Tessa, no seniors on the squad, so you felt like it was their team. Maddie stepped up and hit some big shots for you on Tuesday night. Only two three-pointers for your squad in the game, but Maddie had both of them, and they came at just massive times. One gave you your first lead midway through the second quarter, and then one right before the third quarter buzzer when your team was struggling a little bit offensively. Maddie knocked a three down and gave you an eight-point lead going into the fourth. Tell me about what you're seeing from her as far as a confidence level and how it's growing from last year this season? Oh, Maddie's, Maddie has never lacked any confidence. Um, she is, she's put in the time. Uh, she has earned every, uh, she's, she's earned every shot attempt that she's taken. Um, she's, she's got the green light. Most of our girls do have the green light, but, uh, you know, we want Maddie and Tessa to be getting up, uh, you know, 15 shots a night at minimum. And uh, Maddie's been, Maddie's picked some very opportune times to get us going this year um you know she had a, a season high last night at 21 but in in our other games she's she gets us going right away um you know she just she picks very opportune times to to get us a big shot and um it's, it's not surprising at all that's that's what maddie's been doing that since i mean i was i coached her back in seventh seventh eighth grade and um, she wants the ball in her hands. Uh, she does not shy away from, from pressure. Um, she actually kind of thrives in it. Coach Carly Patron has had a really nice season here early on. She's been one of the more consistent uh, shooters from about that 10 to 12 foot range. Tell me what you saw out of her last night as she sets a season high with 13 points. Carly, uh, Carly kept us afloat last night. We were struggling. I think it was 10 to 5, maybe. 12 to seven uh, early on in the second quarter, and Carly would just come away with a with a big mid-range jumper. You know, and it's we us coaches always talk about how the mid-range jumper is kind of a, a lost art form with everybody looking at analytics and three-pointers now. Um, and there was Carly hitting her first five mid-range jumpers of the game last night, and, and absolutely keeping us keeping our heads above water until Maddie was able to hit a couple of those bigger shots. So. Um, Carly is, 
Carly is such a good athlete. She she has such good court vision, um, such a good passer, and then on top of all that, she's she's got a beautiful uh, mid range shot. And thank goodness for her. I mean, she had another. She had a big game. Uh, these games are kind of I can't separate them all right now in my head, but um, I think West Iron. She hit some big shots. She just always manages to make a big play, but she's she's quiet about it, right? It's not. She's not hitting the dramatic threes at the buzzers. Carly just comes in. We need a big shot. Somebody sags off to help on Tessa driving, and she hits Carly for an open top of the key jumper, and and she's shooting probably darn near sixty or seventy percent from the from from inside the arc this year. Ellie Miller got saddled with fouls early on. It was all drawn up for Megan Crow to go to work down in the post, but Sadiqa Gardner came off the bench, gave you some really good minutes, played well defensively, rebounded the ball well, had a few key layups. Tell me about the way that she was able to impact her squad on Tuesday. Yeah, it was good to see. She was she was having fun. She was smiling from, from ear to ear, um, and it was especially because we've been working so diligently on those little things like layups and fronting the post. Um, equal followed the game plan to a T. Uh, her and Ellie were were the focus of our game plan, meaning that they were going to be the ones to front. Um, you know, it's a very good chance that Megan Curl plays D1 basketball someday or, you know, for sure D2 with her, her, her talent and her height. And we're just uh, little, little Westwood Patriots and they they did a, a great job communicating, following the game plan to a T. And and to top it off, Sadiqa had a couple of nice feats uh, from Maddie and Tessa. A couple hit a couple of nice layups, which you know isn't a big deal to, to most people. But we've been struggling with our post players making those layups. And so last night, Sadiqa was putting a couple pump fakes on and and finishing at the rim. And it was it was it was great to see. You could kind of see even see. Uh, a weight was was lifted off of her back because it was like oh, I did it and and I practiced this and it and practice paid off and uh, it's, it's good to see makes you feel good as a coach you're working on something very specific and then and then you see the fruits of that labor pay off in the very next game. Doug with Kirk Corcoran, head girls basketball coach at Westwood, his team six and zero to start the year. You talked a little about it earlier, coach. In the Gladstone game, twelve turnovers. They'd been a struggle for you early on, averaging about seventeen a game entering that. You get it down to twelve on Tuesday night, only five after halftime. I know that's still not where you want to be, but you're making progress in that area. Yeah, well, I think I made my point pretty clear in the first quarter uh, that we were this, we were just not playing to to our caliber and uh, I maybe even embarrassed them embarrassed myself a little bit just with with how loud I was about the turnovers but um, apparently it got the message got the message the message was sent and um, it's just something we're you know Tessa had a probably a career high she had seven turnovers last night and um if, if I was a betting man, I'd say that that never happens again. Um, she she got called for a couple travels. She was um, she was kind of pump faking and jab stepping all at the same time as she was shuffling her feet. Um, so, and if I know Tessa, and we talked about it last night after the game, but she'll be in the gym today and she's going to perfect that, uh, make sure that it doesn't happen again. And um, you know, we've, we've we've talked many times that we're not playing our best basketball right now. Uh, it's a it's a day by day process and and hopefully you know come come february those 
will be in the single digits for, for turnovers. Do you have confidence knowing that you're 6-0 and and you still haven't played your best basketball yet? Uh, you know, the girls the girls were asking me that on the bus last night. They're like, did you mean it when you said you don't think we're that good yet? <laughs> I said, I'm like, I don't. I don't know who we are. There's been so much. I don't know if it's, um, if it's parody in UP high school girls basketball right now or or if it's just people not ready to play or what's going on, but um, I don't know. I, I, we're, I, I, it's nice. As a coach, I can tell you this. It's nice when you have good guard play. Um, you can have bigs, but if you got nobody to get them the ball, it can make life tough. And, um, you know, we've, we've had different people step up every game, whether it was Jillian or uh, Emily or Sadiqua or Carly Patron. Somebody decides to step up every night, and that's what gives me the most confidence is that all these girls have the confidence in themselves to, to have a good game on any given night. Well, it's your last game before Christmas break, but you still will play once between Christmas and New Year's. You've got Hancock coming on the 28th. How do you prepare for that, trying to balance the holidays while still getting the girls in the gym? Uh, you just look at a calendar, and you try to get in at least. You know, obviously we're going to be off on the – on Christmas Eve and, and Christmas Day, uh, so but but Hancock's in the same boat, right? I mean they've got to prepare for us there, so the, the preparation will be a little bit uh, different. You know we'll be practicing probably in the mornings, um, and uh, we've never played. We have, I shouldn't say we've never played Hancock. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's it's probably been a very long time. I've never I've never coached or played against Hancock myself, uh, and so we're we're digging pretty deep to try to find a film on them, going to you know friends of friends of friends to see if we can't get something um so if anybody out there listening wants to give me a call <laughs> if you've got to film my hancock uh you, you get a hold of me so yeah it'll be a little bit different but we, we look at a calendar say all right these are our practice days these are our practice times and the boys are doing the same and every every program around the, the nation is doing the same thing so we'll get in we'll we'll get our scouting report and uh get our game plan drawn up and It'll be kind of nice on the 28th because hopefully a lot of people will be home for the holidays and hopefully we'll have a good a good, uh, good local crowd of people who maybe haven't come to a game in a number of years. And uh, it'll be exciting. Does that affect uh, positively or negatively that you don't get that long, maybe two-week break while there's no basketball, while there's no school? Or do you like having the girls stay at least in a little bit of rhythm? I, I hate having a huge break. I absolutely hate it. This 10-day break is perfect. I mean, I couldn't – 10 days is about as short as you could look at it if you, if you look at a calendar. So um, we used to have there – was, there was months or there were seasons when we had almost like 25 days off in between games, and trying to keep the girls' focus during those 25 games is impossible. I mean, trying to keep my focus is impossible. Um, so this 10-day break is, is perfect. Corcoran head girls basketball coach at Westwood, his team 6-0 and heading into Christmas. Coach, as always, thanks so much for the time. All the best this year. Look forward to catching up again. Thanks, Tanner. Happy holidays. Let's stick with Westwood, but let's transition over to boys and girls bowling. I'm joined by head coach Barry Ray. Season's in full swing, coach, and your boys are 3-0. and Tell me a little about how things have gone so far. Like you said, it's been going great. They're undefeated. Um, they really stepped up. The boys spent a lot of their summer at the lanes, and that's what it takes, repetition. So it's on them. They put in the time, and now they're getting the rewards for it. 
You were in action most recently on Saturday. Tell me how that went. Uh, it went great. Uh, we have never beaten Iron Mountain. They're a much bigger school, obviously, so they've got a bigger pool of bowlers to pull from. And so it was nice to go into their house and actually beat them 32-8, to eight, which is a pretty decided victory. How about on the girls' side? Tell me how things are going with them. Um, honestly, two or three of the girls are brand new to the sport. Um, they're just even getting down just the very basics. Um, but what I love about them is they're always there having a good time, laughing, and that's what it's all about, just a good team experience for them. Well, and you got a busy stretch coming up here before the holiday break. Tell me what's on tap for the Westwood bowling teams. Um, well, we're at home uh, this Saturday, so we'd love everybody to come out. We start at 1.30 at River Rock Lanes in uh, Ishwing. Um, the boys bowl against Lance, and the girls have Escanaba, which is going to be a tough meet for them. But I'm hoping that uh, boys can go to 4-0 and the girls can give Escanaba a run. Tell me about some of the teams in your conference, where the powers are going to lie for those who may not know. Um, Menominee always brings a good team. Um, they've been doing it for a long time. Iron Mountain, like I said, that we just beat, um, they're usually in the mix. They, we lost the conference to them last year on a tie break, so I think the boys kind of had a little payback in mind when we went down there, and, and they showed up. Coach, what about the makeup of this year's squad? Who are some of those that you will turn to for leadership? Um, for the girls, uh, Melissa Bauer has been there for a while, as, as well as Kaylee Lemire. Um, so they're the kind of the experience on the team, helping, helping the young bowlers out. The boys, uh, we had uh, Stephen Kangas, Braden Vickstrom, and Dylan Junak all make it to states last year. So MLive uh, actually did a little article about us and just said we're kind of like a favorite going in for the championship this year because having three of the five boys actually make singles qualifiers last year. Barry Ray is the head bowling coach at Westwood High School in the studio, giving us a little bit of time to talk about his team. Coach, when you look at your schedule for the rest of the season, anything stand out to you? Any meets that you want the fans maybe to circle that you're really excited about? Um, the last meet of the year, which would be back in February, the last meet of the year is at home. And I'm hoping that all things uh, pointing towards a undefeated season at that point in time. So it would be great to get some fans to come out. And that would be a great, you know, start to getting us ready for regionals and states. Coach, tell me about the support that you get from the administration, the athletic department, what have you, being that you essentially run the Westwood Bowling Department as you don't have any assistance on staff. Mr. Balls is a big uh, supporter of us as well as the athletic director. And then at the bowling alley itself, we've just got a great staff there that um, lets the kids, you know, bowl for free year-round. Um, we got Steve DeBaker, Clay Sandberg are always a big help as well as Andy. Um, when I, you know, have some special needs, they're always there to help out with equipment or whatever. Coach, did you know when this season started that it had the chance to be something special for your guys, or was it something where you watched your boys bowl and you thought, this really could be a team that could go far? Um, yeah, actually, this is the best team I've ever coached. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, as I said earlier, we had three individuals make states, as well as last year. Uh, I don't think anyone really expected us to do as well as we did because we were primarily a sophomore team with one junior last year and a freshman. And so no one really expected much of us, and we ended up making it all the way to the semifinals last year, one victory away from, 
you know, being able to go bowl for that state title. So I had a really good feeling coming into this year. And then on top of that, I had a couple of boys that really didn't get to bowl much as a varsity team last year that are probably at least 50 pins above average where they were last year. Tell me about the numbers that you have this season. Boys and girls, both of them look pretty good. Um, yeah, we've got we've got eight boys out on the team. We know we field five at a time. We've got five girls. That always makes it tough. Um, but, you know, I want them to have that opportunity. So if they're willing to come out and practice and show up for meets, I'm willing to have a team and coach them. From a coaching standpoint, how do you prepare for a given meet? How do you scout in bowling when you get ready for the Lance boys this weekend and the Escanaba girls, teams like that? How does Barry Ray get ready for a given meet? Right. Um, we don't do a lot of scouting. and We kind of know. You know, you've got the, the conference, so you kind of know who's out there, what grade they're in. Um, what we spend more time on, what I do as a coach anyway, is we have two different formats that we bowl in. One is called a Baker format, where the first bowler bowls frame one and six, second bowler two and seven, etc. Those are called Baker games. And there's a little strategy around that. You want to get you know the, the bowlers in the right order where you believe that they can do the most damage as far as stringing you know, some strikes together and getting some high score there. And it's really important when we go as far as regionals and states, we actually have six of those. So it's really important that they gel together, which they have. So when you play games using the Baker format, how do you discern which player goes? It's almost like putting together a batting order, is it not? What I do personally is I have Kangas, who's a very powerful two-handed bowler, um, very imp- impressive uh, swing, and he's only a sophomore. Uh, so I have him lead off, and I always tell him it's the intimidation factor if he can put that first one in there and uh, you know make the other team take notice. And then it's just wherever they're most comfortable. Um, my son, Evan Ray, is the anchor right now. He was last year. He's been doing it for a couple of years. So he's used to the pressure. So although he might not have the highest average at any given point, um, he's very good at stepping up and getting three strikes in the 10th frame when it's really important. Well, Coach, awesome start to the year for your guys. Where do you want to see them get better? What areas of the game can they improve on? What are you going to challenge them to get better at as the season progresses? Spares, uh, that's a lot of it, uh, especially when we get to the higher-level competitions and the closer matches. Um, every mark is a lot, and where they've really grown, and I want to continue to see them grow, is a lot of times we bowl in some really tough what they call sport conditions, and sometimes it's just really hard to find the pocket and get a strike, so it's really important to be able to not get down about it and then just pick up the spare and move on. Barry Ray is the head bowling coach at Westwood High School. Coach, thanks so much for stopping in. Looking forward to covering your team this year. All the best. We'll have you on again here real soon. Sounds great, Tanner. Thanks. All right, more coming up after this on ESPN-UP. You don't just want your bank to be a place where you park your money. You want it to be your partner in putting your money to work for you. At MBank, we believe in the power of exceptional banking products and services delivered by friendly, experienced people. Community-focused, client-driven. That's our commitment to you. It's about supporting our communities. It's about empowering our clients to make sound financial decisions. It's about being your financial partner. Make the move to MBank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
Dave's Collision and Ishpeming specializes in scratch and dent repair as well as other major collision repairs, including metalwork, painting, and collision-related mechanical work. Dave's uses quality Exalta paint to ensure a clean, shiny, color match finish. With over 26 years of experience, Dave, with the help of his qualified staff, has the knowledge to restore your vehicle to pre-accident condition. Make the right decision. Choose Dave's Collision. Call 485-1211. That's 485-1211. Welcome back to the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk Nagani Minor Boys Basketball with head coach Dan Waterman. Coach, really nice performance for your guys on Tuesday night. Took down a surging Gwyn team, held them to nine first half points. Take me through that matchup and how you plan to build on it throughout the season. Yeah, we played outstanding, especially in the first half on, on Tuesday. Um, our full court pressure bothered them. Uh, it was a, a really important key to the game for us because we did not want to get into a, a half-court slugfest with with uh, the likes of Tucker Taylor. He's he's too big, too strong. And uh, so we wanted to extend the game and make it a full-court game. And um, the, the press helped us get the ball out of Austin Forbes' hands, who had play, been playing really well for them. And it helped us keep it away from, from uh, Tucker. So uh, our guys were flying at the start of that game. Uh, I like the intensity. I like the execution. Um, and, and we played really well as a result. And, um, you know, that, that's a credit to our guys. Uh, we had a, a week off. We, we had, hadn't played since the, the previous Monday. So, uh, you know, we had some good sessions in the gym just working on improving us. There wasn't any pressure to prepare for a game, so we got to kind of fix some of the stuff that, that we hadn't done as well as we would like early in the season. Dan, after an 0-3 start of the season, three single-digit losses to really good teams, your team has come back and just pounded a couple of conference opponents in lots. And, Gwen, tell me about the response for your guys and what you want to build on uh, moving forward. Well, you know, after that 0-3 start, um, you know, we, we made a concerted effort to to focus on the positives and, and, um, and remind our kids that we're still a really good team and, uh, you know that we as coaches believe in them, and and uh, some people had reached out to me, people that I respect within the basketball community, and said, not to worry, don't hang our heads, you guys are going to be fine. And I I passed those messages along to our guys, um, and you know we just we just kept working, you know, and and uh, it's it's not where you start, you know. We talk about all the time. Nobody can really remember who wins the conference from year to year, but they sure remember that district. So. Uh, you know, our, our goal all along has been to get better every day, and, and hopefully we're peaking in, in late February, early March when the tournament's rolling around. Dan, what do you like about your team five games into it? What are you doing well fundamentally, and what do you want to work on in the back half of the season? Well, the thing I, I really like about this group is they enjoy just being around each other. Um, I hear lots of laughing coming out of the locker room uh, before practice, after practice and and that's really important you know that carries over onto the court um they work extremely hard and they're very very smart um they're they're the and this is kind of a bold statement only five games in but they are the best team i've ever coached with a scouting report like we know this guy's going here and there's going to be a screen here they're very very good with that so when teams run sets against us, we're normally pretty good at, at taking away the, the one or two main options and forcing them into some secondary stuff that maybe they don't do as well. Um, 
fundamentally, uh, we dribble it pretty good. We shoot it pretty good. Um, defense is, is uh, getting better, and, and we're undersized. So rebounding is always going to be a focus for us. It's always going to be an issue for us because our positioning and our box outs have to be almost perfect in order for us to compete on the glass. Well, you've got Marquette before you can go into the holiday break, and they're going to bring some size to the table. Tell me what you know about them. Christmas. Thanks, Santa. Um, they're really good. Uh, it starts in the middle with, with Marius Grzulis, 6'10", uh, skilled. You know, he signed with, with Grand Valley and had, had offers from other GLIAC schools, as he should have. Uh, and he's the focal point of what they do offensively. They're trying to jam the ball into him, uh, get it to him a variety of ways. And He's the guy that allows their defense to go um, because they have really quick guards in uh, Rafi Mulatto and Ethan Martish. That's probably two of the five fastest kids in the entire UP. So they like to get into you on the defensive end, and they dare you to put the ball on the floor and go around them. And it's almost like they're saying, here, meet my 6'10 friend, you know. Uh, it, and it's a, it's a comfort zone for those guards having that big kid in the middle to protect the basket, uh, and it makes it hard on the on the opposition. So, uh, you know, we got we got to do some things. We got a, a couple of ideas to kind of hopefully lure Grizzulis away from the basket and open it up so that we can attack. But um, you know, they're they're really good, and uh, they've got a four and two record, but they've played by far the best schedule of any team in the UP. You know, they've been downstate for two tournaments. Uh, won the one tournament, split last weekend, uh, went down and played a, a good Preble team out of Green Bay. Um, you know, and, and kudos to Brad and, and his staff. That's going to help those guys tremendously when when their tournament season rolls around. But, you know, this is always a big game for us, and, and it's a big game for them, too. It's a, it's a great rivalry. Um, we were, were thrilled with, with the conference shuffling that, we were able to keep them on the schedule twice because we really look forward to that game. I think it's a measuring stick for both programs, and it'll be a great atmosphere on Friday. Well, Dan, you've got uh, really no time over the break. It's going to be spending time with the holidays and then getting back into the gym. You've got a game between Christmas and New Year's against Manistique. Do you like having that extra session in there and keeping the guys in the gym, or how do you go about that? Well, that all depends on how you're playing. If you're playing good, you want to keep playing games. And uh, right now I feel like we're playing good. Um, so we want to keep playing games. And, and um, you know, if you're struggling, maybe you want a little bit of a, a break so you can kind of almost hit the reset button. Um, I like it in the fact that it's Manistique. It's one of our longest road trips. And we get that out of the way without having to worry about getting up and going to school the next day. Um we will be in the gym the day after Christmas. We'll practice the 26th and the 27th in preparation for that for that game on the 28th, and we'll be ready to go. Dan Waterman, head boys basketball coach at Nagani. Coach, as always, thanks for the time. Have a Merry Christmas. Talk at you on the other side. My pleasure. You too. Dan Waterman once again. More after this on ESPN-UP. 
I'm Ken Farley from the Bjork and Zalke Funeral Home, and each year it's amazing to watch the student-athletes in our area schools compete at a really high level and juggle the demands of learning in the classroom, studying at home, hanging with friends, and for some, working a part-time job. They represent their schools and communities well, and if you see them on the street, let them know you appreciate their efforts. After all, they are the future leaders. We at the Bjork and Zalke Funeral Home are standing on the sidelines with great admiration for what you do. Join us in cheering in a positive way as we enjoy this high school sports season. The Marquette Big Boy presents the famous Slim Jim with a twist. The Turkey Club Slim Jim features slow roasted turkey breast, bacon and Swiss. The Italian Slim Jim features lean ham, pepperoni and other Italian delights. The Veggie Slim Jim has red pepper hummus, feta cheese, mushrooms, cucumbers, pepper rings, spinach and more. On the burger menu is a classic Big Boy, but also the Ohio Big Boy with signature Ohio burger sauce, the West Coast Big Boy with red relish and mayo, the barbecue bacon Big Boy, and fully loaded Big Boy, US 41 Marquette. Welcome back to the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk Gwen Modeltowner girls basketball with head coach Ben Olson. Coach, 4-1 and one start to the season for your team. Had a 10-point loss to Bark River Harris to open the season. Since then, four straight wins to head in the holiday break. Three games over 500. let let's start with Wednesday night's win over Escanaba. A 60-53 victory for your team. Tell me a little about how that one went down. Man, Escanaba's so athletic. They got three girls that can really get to the rim. Um, and it's really hard to stop them. We tried to go man-to-man against them in the first quarter and didn't have much success you know we wanted to really pack in the paint and make them shoot from the outside and for whatever reason we were kind of chasing with our girls and our help defense wasn't where it needed to be and then we went to a zone for the last three quarters and I feel like we at least semi slowed them down not that we totally stopped them um, but it gave us a chance to get help defense in the places that we needed it Um, and the funny thing about that is we put the zone in the night before so the girls only practiced it for about an hour and uh, obviously they were able to figure it out, and we had a little bit of success with it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, stopping stopping their transition break, stopping them from getting to the rim, you know, your health defense has got to be on point. If you're not, you know, they're going to run kind of a layup line on you. And I felt like we did a much better job the, the last three quarters. Coach, after that season opening loss, tell me about how your team has rebounded and gone on the run that you have. Uh, taking care of the basketball is a big one. Um, we've been averaging under about under 14 turnovers a game since that Bark River game for whatever reason, and it's uncharacteristic of our crew, but we had 30 turnovers in that Bark River game, and, you know, obviously that's going to kind of do you in. So, you know, it's not a PlayStation. You know, you don't get to hit the reset button. I would love to go back and, and have another shot at Bark River, and maybe we will come district time. I don't know, but, you know, that's one that still doesn't sit really well with me. I mean, they're they're a really good basketball team. You know, you can't take nothing away from them, but, I also think it's one that we might have let slip away early on. Coach, about the differences you're seeing in this year's squad compared to last season? Uh, we're healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I've been saying, you know, we we were without two starters last year, um, and we were still able to get, you know, nine wins. And you know, Marissa's back having a really big year, and Emily Curtis is back from her ACL from last year too. So I got two girls. You know, one has only played. This is her fifth varsity game. And then the other one, you know, she's at, I think, about 15 varsity games. So I think once those two girls, you know, get some uh, some ex- more experience underneath their belts, I think we're going to get better and better. You know, and then Trish McGuire had a really good game um, against Escanaba, and she's coming back from an ACL. She tore ACL in uh, July, and she played big minutes for us um, on Wednesday night. So, 
Um, if we can get healthy and stay healthy, I think you know we're going to be a tough outcome come later in the season. Um, we had a couple more injuries that happened Wednesday. Tiana Taylor sprained her ankle. Um, Brooke Manners dealing with kind of a, a lower back issue. So I think this two weeks is really, really going to help us. It's going to get Trish back to where she probably needs to be. Hopefully Tiana can mend up a little bit, you know, and we can get Brooke healthy. Well, Coach, you mentioned a couple of weeks off until you take the floor against Munising on January the 3rd. How do you balance the holidays, getting the girls in the gyms, getting practice time in while spending time with family? How do you manage all that this time of the year? Well, you know, no one's ever really happy, I don't think. You know, you got the, some of the parents who, you know, want as much family time as they can, and they get upset if you schedule kind of anything around the Christmas holiday. And then there's other parents who call you, and they're like, why aren't our girls in the gym? Um, so it's, it's tough that way. Usually I give them three days off. I give them uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the day after. This year, the way that it's fallen, we usually always have a Saturday. Our Saturday is our off day. So I give them Saturday off, and then I'm giving them Sunday off, and then I'm giving them the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So they're getting, you know, two more days built in. But, again, like I said, with, with kind of the ACLs that we've kind of had, you know, with the lower back issue with the ankle, I think uh, they, they need some time off and they need a, need a break just to mend up and rest. And then we're going to obviously hit the ground running come, you know, that Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday getting ready for the, you know, basically the long stretch of the season. So, you know, it's more days off than I would like, but with this group and the experience that we have, I think I can give them a couple more days off and it's probably not going to hurt us. Um, in years past, obviously, when you have, you know, not as experienced teams, you obviously want to get in the gym and practice for as much as you possibly can. But I think this group needs a little bit of time to mend, relax, you know, and get ready for that, that long second-half push. You talked about ball control being a key for your team this season. Where do you want to see your team improve on? Now that you've had a look at them through the first five games, where are you going to challenge them to get better? Uh, defensively, we really, I mean, we've been scoring about 60 points a game. In girls basketball, that should obviously be plenty enough to win. But we've been giving up, you know, lower 50s too. So we got to improve defensively. And a lot of it is our, our on-the-ball defense is, is usually pretty good. It's our off-the-ball defense. I kind of got girls chasing right now. They're not where they need to be help-wise. You know, as a girl's cutting away to the basket, you know, a lot of a lot of times the girl is dribbling up her back, you know, and, and getting a layup attempt. So we got to be able to turn around see the ball, you know, and like I've been preaching, you know, this whole, what, three, four weeks is, you know, we got to protect the inside out, you know, because there's not a lot of great, great shooting, you know, girls basketball teams. And I think if you can stop the layups and force, you know, teams to shoot threes, yeah, they're going to make a few. But I think ultimately you're probably going to win that battle. Um, so I think defensively we just we get ourselves into bad positions. We're not in right to help spot. You know, we let girls cut our faces, and then that's leading to follows, and that's leading to, to teams getting to the free throw line. So I think just an awareness. Um, an understanding of where you got to be defensively because um, the effort is there. I mean, our, our effort is there night in and night out. It's just getting them now in the right spots to use that effort. Coach, looking around the UP landscape and girls' basketball, are things playing out as you thought they might, or is there anything surprising you? Maybe you're one of the coaches that believes teams will really come into their own after Christmas. No, you know, looking around at, at some – I mean, the MPC – is, is always a tough conference, and I think you're kind of seeing, you know, the, the MPC kind of, you know, strongholding some stuff, you know, and it's night in and night out, you know, the Naganis, the, the Westwoods, the Ishmaelings, you know, I feel like we're having an up year, and then Iron Mountain, 
is always a team that you got to worry about. I mean, there's never an easy game in our conference. And then you throw in the Westpac, which I think is, you know, second, if not right there with the MPC. And now we're going up to play the Calumets and the Houghtons, you know, and the West Irons and the Hancocks and the Lance, you know. It, it, I think I think I've been saying this for the last couple of years. This is probably the strongest I've seen girls basketball in the UP in the last 10, 15 years. You know, every game is going to be a battle, um, and you got to come ready to play. And if you're not, you know, you're going to get buzzsawed by somebody. So um, I'm happy where we're at. I'm more worried about what we're doing and just piling up our wins, and then you know we'll see how everything else shakes out amongst other people. Win girls basketball coach Ben Olson, four and one into the Christmas break. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck the rest of the way. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll talk at you in thank, January. Thank you for all you do, Tanner. Merry Christmas to you. Safe travels if you're going anywhere. More after this on ESPN UP. Here at True North Federal Credit Union, we want to teach kids how to save responsibly right from the get-go. That's why we offer the Kirby Kangaroo Club to ages 0 through 12. The Kirby Kangaroo Club teaches kids how to save responsibly by offering them a punch for every $5 deposited into their account. They can then redeem those punches for fabulous prizes. We also offer the Claim Your Youth program to ages 13 through 17. The Claim Your Youth program teaches teens how to save responsibly by offering prizes for net deposits into their account. It's all available at True North Federal Credit Union. Member NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Econo Foods is proud of its student-athletes that play for their schools and communities. They see their work ethic not only on the field of play, but also in their stores throughout the Upper Peninsula. The combination of academics, athletic skill, and a willingness to work hard makes them winners. Econo Foods salutes you. Sports and athletic competition bring out the best in our communities, and we want you to know we appreciate your efforts. Good luck this year to the Redmen and Redettes, the Miners, the Hematites, the Patriots, the Model Towners, the Hawks, the Mustangs, and all the parents and fans. ESPN UP Coaches Show lives here every Friday afternoon. Tanner Hoops joined by Marquette Redmen boys basketball coach Brad Nelson. His team 5-2 and two getting set to take on Nagani before the Christmas break. Well, Coach, before we get into the matchup with the Miners, let's go back and recap your first seven games. Tell me about how your team has done in the early going, what you like about them, what you want to challenge them to improve on. Um. You know, I would say 75% of what we've done so far, we've, we've I thought, done a pretty good job. Um, there's still a handful of things that we need to do better at. And, you know, number one is just uh, 32 minutes of absolute hard work and, and outworking the other team. I think there's been some lapses in, in each game where kind of let the other team crawl back into it or give that other team a little bit of life. Um, and that's just the result of us not – not putting our foot on the gas pedal. So that's something that we addressed yesterday in film. And, um, you know, if, <clears throat> if it means guys getting have to pull them out of the game and sit them on the bench, we're going to have to start doing that. But um, when you play the teams that we've been playing, you got to go 32 minutes of, of hard, hard-nosed basketball. And, and, you know, like I said, 75% of the time we're, we're doing that. But, you know, there's a, I feel about a quarter of the time where we're kind of letting off a little bit, and we can't do that. Do you feel that you've had a complete game thus far in the season? Um, no, I honestly, I, I don't. I think there's been every, every all seven of our games, there's been a, a lapse uh, in concentration and things like that. So, you know, you look, can look at it as a bad thing or a good thing. Uh, bad thing is obviously you don't want that to happen, but the good thing is we're seven and two or five and two, and we haven't reached our potential yet, and that's something that we're focused on. Um, hopefully over the course of Christmas break doesn't hamper us, but we can address that and, you know, 
ramp up the intensity in practice and things like that. Well, Brad, you got a win over Escanaba on Tuesday night, 10-point victory over a rival and a conference opponent. Tell me about how that game went down. Um, kind of a, a slow-moving game, especially I would say the first three quarters. Uh, seemed like every trip down the floor we were up against a different defense. We kind of had to adjust it, and it's the first time we've ran up against the zone <clears throat> all season in a live game. Obviously, we prepare for it in practice, but when you go into a competition, you're going up against a team with the length of Escanaba. Um, it's hard to simulate that in practice. So it took us a while to get inside of that zone. Um, slow possessions, you know, good thing there wasn't a shot clock. Uh, we'd be in trouble, but... Mm-hmm. You know, we'll attack a little bit differently the second time. But, you know, we did enough to win that game. And, you know, we had guys make plays. Foul trouble hampered us with Marius on the bench for probably an entire quarter. Uh, so that affected the game as well. But, um, my, you know, we battled through it. We got stops when we needed to and, and got a nice conference victory. And we'll, we'll take it. Coach, looking at your 5-2 and two record and the strength of schedule, the opponents that you have early on, and it's been no joke. And credit to your guys, that's going to pay off big time come March. But tell me how much confidence it gives you going forward, knowing that you've been through the ringer early on and you've come out as successful as you have. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason we do it early in the year, um, just to prepare us for the rest of the season. You know, it would be nice to have – have that competition and but let me just the, the up teams that we're playing are solid um you know escanaba was a big team gladstone obviously is always a threat with reese caster uh you look around westwood's playing tough ishwamin just knocked off kingsford you know so i mean there's a lot of parity and everyone looks at nagani and looks at their record they're a very potent team and uh they're, they haven't lost to cupcakes. They've lost to really good teams. They've been ahead on good teams. So, you know, we got to be ready to go. And we can't just take the fact that we're 5-2 and two against a lot of Class A schools and say that, well, we're playing a Class C school, so it shouldn't be easy. And it's not going to be easy. I'll tell you that right now. Well, Coach, your team's 5-2. and two. Nagani comes in at 2-3 and three and can very well make the case that both those teams are better than both of those records. Tell me what you know about Nagani and what they're going to bring to the table on Friday. They got they got three very high quality players in Jason Waterman, Drew Lindbergh, and Jackson Sager. But they got two role players that you know do the things that you want role players to do. They get rebounds, they set picks, uh, they're scrappy, they play good defense, and you know we got to outwork them. And you know I, I we addressed it in film and um, you know called a few guys out needed a little bit more effort against Escanaba, you know, defensive rebounding, offensive rebounding, and things like that. So hopefully they got the message because if we perform like we did on Tuesday against Nagani, I told my guys we're going to get clipped. Um, It's a fact, and I'm not joking when I say that, but play a team that's coached by Dan Waterman and me and Dangle way back. We've known each other for years. We coached together for years. We coached football. Um, I know him well. He knows what I do well. so it's going to be a battle, and we got to be ready today. We'll prepare today and practice for what they want to do and try to take some stuff away. But you got to do the little things in a rivalry game like we're going to have to. Yeah, I talked to Dan earlier today. He's really excited about this game. He's glad that you're able to keep it on the schedule despite the conference realignments, the schedule shuffling, what have you. Tell me about the Marquette-Nagani rivalry, what that means to the UP. It's, you know, ever since I took over about 10 years ago, um, it's always been – a dogfight. It started with Mike O'Donnell 
when he was the head coach and me and him were, were and we still are really good friends you know a lot of times we meet up down in Florida over spring break and you know we still talk and so it kind of started with me and Mike uh, back then we had really good teams Nagani was stacked we were stacked um, and, and it kind of started there and ever since then it's just it's been a dogfight you know I don't know what it is in my tenure as a coach as far as the series but I'd say it's probably we've won 12 of the 20 games something like that but um, they're always competitive it's always in, a, in front of a huge crowd uh, student sections are always into it um, it's just a great atmosphere for for high school basketball and it, it kind of brings you back to the the days where gyms would be full every single night when girls basketball was in the fall and boys were in the winter where people weren't split like they are now between boys and girls so it's a it's a great opportunity i don't think there's many games tomorrow night so hopefully we get a nice crowd at home and defend our home court you look at this nagani team and what they do i don't know if there's a good loss but three close losses against some really good teams early on. They bounce back, and they've hammered a couple of opponents after that. What do they do fundamentally that makes them a dangerous team? They just they execute. Um, number one, execution on offense. They, they set good screens. Um, they read those screens well. They curl or they flare or, or things like that. And if you're out of position defensively, you're going to get drilled. And we've got to keep our shoulders free tomorrow. Uh, we can't let those screeners get a hold of us and stay tight to those three guys that I was talking about because they're all they're all deadly shooters. Uh, so we got to keep keep close eye on those three, and then on the defensive end, you know, Dan and I come from the same school of thought. We both played for Irv Dieterle, where defense is our first priority, and you got to handle their defense. They're going to switch a lot of stuff, so you got to be able to handle that and. Just you got to be smart when you play a team like Nagani, and, and not only smart, but you got to work your tail off for 32 minutes. So we're looking forward to it. Um, I know whoever comes up up on the the short end of the stick is going to have a long holiday break, um, but you know, looking forward to it as well. Well, talking about the holiday break, I know a lot of it's going to probably depend on how you do on Friday night, but how do you plan to keep the guys fresh in basketball shape in the gym over the holiday break while still giving them some time with their families, what have you? Uh, good question. Actually, it's funny. I just sent my schedule to my athletic director as far as what we're going to be doing. So we'll give them a few days off, and then the day after Christmas we'll come back for three days and then give them a couple days off and then come back for the first and second. You know, we're going to have to practice on New Year's Day because we have a game on the third. But um, it, it is, it's a delicate balance, especially we're going to have eight games in, in, you know, a matter of three weeks, which I don't know if there's many schools in the, in the state that have that, that many down. I mean, it's almost half of our season is, is over with. Um, so we definitely got to give these guys a break, but at the same time stay in shape. Uh, and iron out a few things over the course of that break and you know, install a few new things and um, get ready for the second half of our season. Brad Nelson, head boys basketball coach at Marquette. As always, Coach, appreciate the time. All the best the rest of the season. Look forward to talking to you after the break. Okay, thank you. Eagle Mine is a proud supporter of local high school sports. At Eagle, safety is our number one priority for our employees and our community, and especially for our children. With school back in session, that means sharing the road with school buses. Be alert and ready to stop when you see a school bus when overhead lights or warning lights are flashing. Let's all do our part to protect our children by keeping them safe. This message is brought to you by Eagle Mine. Let's help put Christ back into Christmas 
Embers Credit Union, in partnership with Knights of Columbus, is having a poster contest to help our youth do just that. Each poster must reflect the Keep Christ in Christmas seat. The contest is open to all young people between the ages of 5 and 14. There will be several prizes in each category, and the deadline for entry is December 15th. You can pick up supplies and official rules and drop off your finished masterpiece at any branch of Ember's Credit Union and with the art department of Father Market Schools. There are hundreds of dollars of prizes in the contest and a pizza party in January for all participants. If you'd like to know more, visit embers.org. Embers Credit Union, formerly the UP Catholic Credit Union, membership open to anyone who lives, works, or worships in the Upper Peninsula. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Tanner Hoops with you Friday afternoon. Glad that you're with us. Final show before Christmas. Hope that you've got your plans, your tree up, what have you, and glad that you're listening with us on ESPN-UP. Don't forget that you can download our free mobile app, all kinds of content there. You can listen to live broadcasts, including nationally syndicated shows, such as the Dan Lebitard Show, Stephen A. Smith, Golick and Wingo, Will Kane, Spain and Fitz, all that great stuff ESPN Radio has to offer. It's available on our app, as well as on-demand broadcast episodes of the Sports Pen. You can get that at the Apple iStore, Google Play, wherever is your favorite to get your apps. ESPN-UP, that's the app, different than the ESPN app. Very common question, frequently asked question. Tanner Hoops with you once again. Anthony Katona, head boys basketball coach at Ishpeming, joins us now. Coach, your team gets their first win of the season Tuesday night over Kingsford. Take me into the huddle that night. Um, overall, great game. Um, you know, starting with our starters and all the way through our bench. That we, uh, you know, really played as a team and, when one wasn't doing the, the job, the next guy was able to come in and uh, take care of business. I thought we had good looks coming off the bench from uh, Zach Jandu and Otto Swanson and Matt Trawick doing good on the defensive end. So, yeah, able to take care of the biz, uh, take care of that win and secure it on the road is always nice, especially against a, a good, scrappy Kingsford team. Well, how does it feel to get that first uh, win, get that monkey off your back? Yeah, it feels good. Um, you know, if you look back at it, you can easily say we could have won a few more of those close games. I mean, we lost all three combined by you know, six points. Um, so it, we knew coming into the season that, you know, first couple of weeks were going to be a little tough because we were two weeks behind due to the football success. Um, but I think we're starting to really get it now, and um, we're going to continue moving forward and play a little bit more catch-up during the Christmas break uh, since we don't have a game until after New Year's. How much of a step forward was it for your guys that you were able to pull out one of those games after coming up short in the first three? You know, it shows you know what kind of um, characters and athletes and hard workers that our team really have. Um, you know, they just have to, those close games. You know, they're good and bad, uh, especially coming out with a loss never fun but it is good as a learning uh, learning tool kids use as the season goes especially early in the season I mean uh, I'd rather have them happen early in the season than you know, at the end or in the district play um, and like I said it's it's just going to help us grow as a team and learn what we need to do to uh, convert in that those adversity type situations 
Well, Coach, a 1-3 and three record, very deceiving early on. What do you want teams to know about your squad? What do you want the UP to know about you? Uh, you know, we're not going to be afraid to come out there and work. Um, uh, and we have you know, more than five guys that are willing to do the job. And we're, I think we're a real good deep team. Um, you know, I've, I've played 11 guys two games of the season. Um, you know, it's, I think anyone can step in and uh, contribute one way or the other if it's on the offense or defense then. So we're just a real well-rounded team and um, ready to, you know, get after it each game. What are some things you like about your squad four games into it, and what are you going to challenge them to improve on? Uh, you know, just the little things. Um, we, we did miss some conversions there later in the second uh, second quarter. We, we let Kingsford back in it. Uh, I think we're up seven, a couple minutes left, and, you know, they tied it there before the end of the first half. So things like that were, um, you know, convert on the offensive end, get a couple stops. Um, it, but I was overall pleased with with what we've accomplished so far this season. Uh, these things are just going to come as the season goes, like I said earlier. Well, Coach, what's your plan for the guys over Christmas break? Are they going to spend some time with the families during the holidays and then get back to the gym around New Year's or what have you? Um, you know, we're going to continue practicing through this week. Um, just like we have a game next week. Uh, you know, just keep it competitive for these kids. You always want to get that, keep that competitive edge going uh, through the season. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll get some guys in there to, to work against instead of just beating each other up. Um, get some different faces, but yeah, give them a long uh, break right around Christmas. You know, give them four days off to to rest those legs, um, and then get back to work after uh, the day after Christmas. And next game coming up on January the second, taking on Hancock, and then a trip to Manistique on the fourth. Anthony Katona, head boys basketball coach at Ishpeming. Always appreciate the time, Anthony. Have a very merry Christmas. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Merry Christmas. That's going to do it for us. Another episode, another week in the books. And this time we get to celebrate a holiday. Don't get to say that every weekend. Hope you're going to have a very blessed and safe Christmas with your loved ones. Hopefully you are with them already. Tanner Hoops with you in studio for now. We're uh, just winding down here in this work week and with this episode of The Coaches Show. As always, if you missed any part of The Coaches Show, you can hear it on demand. Go to our free mobile app, which you can download from the Apple iStore or Google Play. It is different than the ESPN app, but get them both while you're there. The ESPN app and the ESPN UP app. You can hear live broadcast. You can hear on demand Westwood Patriot Athletics, our coaches shows, the sports pen. Get caught up on all things sports here in the Upper Peninsula. Well, once again, that does it for us. My thanks to all the coaches who joined us. Once again, I'm out of the office until Thursday, December 27th. We will have plenty of college football bowl coverage to keep you going. In the meantime, Sports Pen will be back when I am on Thursday. We hope to have you tuned in for that. Signing off from ESPN, UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN, UP. Have a blessed and Merry Christmas. 